There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Yes, the circus rolled into town this morning. Thishuk Lear Varadkar and his entourage were here on LMFM Radio. And they've been about the town as well. Yes, we got more pledges and promises. We had similar commitments, let me remind you, last year as well. And last time we got extra Garda for Drogheda. Rookies from Temple more welcome, but seriously, to tackle the most dangerous criminals. Yes, the ERU is about. We need more members of the ERU. But what's really needed in Drogheda are Garda with experience. For example, those who restored law and order in Limerick. But you see, there's an underlying problem, folks, in Drogheda, and I'll just explain it to you. It's the largest town in Ireland, and it's been neglected economically and socially by successive governments of all shades for decades now. The town has been bypassed in every sense, and don't get me started about the toll you have to pay on the south environs of the town to come in and out. It wouldn't be acceptable anywhere else, I have to say. If you're familiar with Drogheda, house building is ramping up again north and south of the River Boyne. And you know what it's going to mean? More poor souls who can't afford to buy in Dublin will relocate. They'll sleep here, get up at the crack of dawn and not return home until late evening, leaving their children to be minded by others at massive cost financially and personally. They'll soon understand that where they live, this new home is a nightmare to get in and out of, and at the weekends they'll realise there's not too much in the way of facilities for the community or sporting-wise for their families. Drogheda is on the horns of a dilemma, administration-wise. It's sprawling across two counties, Louth and Mead. It's administered partly from Dundalk and partly from Navin simultaneously. And really, the biggest town in Ireland is falling between two stools. There's one solution. There must be a new single authority with real powers to administer this place. The City Status Group have it absolutely 100% right. All parties, let me tell you, are responsible for the neglect of my town. This is my town, Drogheda. Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Labour, who've all been in power at various stages in the last 20 years and more. So remember this, when they call to your doors between now and the 8th of every election day, challenge them. Don't let them away lightly. Answer the doors. Take them on. They're responsible. They must be held accountable. And they must commit to driving a new agenda for Drogheda. There needs to be, 
There just has to be industry and jobs. Then, remember this, you won't have to pull your children out of bed in the mornings, not see them Monday to Friday, or travel and commute at great cost. There must be more sporting and leisure facilities and deep-rooted, substantial community supports. I today on Late Lunch challenge any of the political classes to sit in here with me and outline the number of industries and jobs created in Drogheda in the last 10 to 20 years. I want them to look at the monies granted to sporting organisations from the Sports and Capital Fund and compare the jobs and this money with towns of similar size who have much more political clout in government and have had it for decades. Enough is enough. We're not going to tolerate the neglect here anymore. And I want to say finally, this rally against violence is very welcome on Saturday week. But it should also incorporate what I've just spoken about, the economic and social neglect of Drogheda for decades, which underpins the violence we're experiencing at the moment. Welcome to Late Lunch. I'll say it to you again. If you'd like to comment, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, or you can call in on 1850-715-958. My first guest today is a best-selling author, journalist, broadcaster and musician who's about to publish a series of books on gangland crime in Ireland. The first true crime book is based on work Shane Dunphy did with children involved with gangs. Shane, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Of course, we're talking in the light of the horrific murder of young Keen Mulready Woods. I want to ask you this first. What draws children into the vicious world of the drugs trade? Can I just, before I say that, just express my condolences to Keane's family? Um, I mean, obviously, this is a, a horrendous thing that has happened. And I can only imagine what it must be like for them with all of the, 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 the media and the newspapers mm. and everything that's going on. And I mean, as, as revelations come out, it's going to be very difficult for them to, to have to live through that. So I just want yes. to express that first. Yes, thank um, you. But to, to, to answer your question then, um, gangs are an incredibly complicated social phenomenon. Um, on, on the face of it, obviously, they're a business. Uh, that, that, that's they're, they're, they're driving force. Um, you know, they, they, they earn money through drugs, through, through various types of organized crime. There's gangs that I would have um, encountered that would have had kind of very highly organized robberies set up in and around the areas that they're in. Um, right now, drugs is probably what's driving most of the, 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 the gang crime in Ireland. And you've probably seen yourself in, in various different programs and newspaper articles that cocaine is, is, is probably the bedrock of, of the, the trade that gangs are, are dealing in at the moment. What draws young people into it? Um, we are currently living in a society where the gap between, and I mean, listening to what you've said mm. at the start of the program probably illustrates it more than anything else. We're living in a society where the gap between those who have and those who have not is getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. We are seeing young people who are growing up in environments where they, they feel that they are without hope, that 
our society suggests that there are certain goals that we should all hope to achieve. You should have a nice house. You should have a nice car. You should have a, a business or a trade. You should have some degree of respect. People should look up to you. And we see young people growing up in worlds where they just have absolutely no hope whatsoever of ever achieving those things using the normal parameters that society sets out, education, training, moving up through the social order. That's cut off to them. It's not available to them because of their postal address, because of the upbringing that they've had. And what do they do? They look around and they see, okay, if I can't go to college, if I can't get an apprenticeship, if I can't uh, achieve these things using the normal, respectable routes, what routes are available? Well, often the only route that is available is the gang. Um, I, I dealt with a young man. I've, I've written about him in newspaper articles, and he's in this book that I have coming out at the beginning of February. In, in the book, I call him Mikey. Mikey grew up in a home with a domestically abusive father. His mother had severe psychiatric problems. He basically was, was let down by every aspect of society. The primary school that he went to tried to help him. They tried to make sure that he had a lunch when he went in. They tried to make sure he was warm. They tried to make sure that he had the correct clothes like coats and the proper shoes when the weather altered. But when he left primary school and went to secondary education with bigger classes, more pressures, they weren't able to look after him. He told me that he was sitting at home on his 14th birthday looking at TV on his own, freezing cold, hungry, didn't know where his parents were. And he said that he realized suddenly he had this epiphany, this terrible moment of fear. I'm 14 today. What if it never gets any better than this? What if this is as good as it gets? And he said to me that he realized then and there that the only person who was going to get him out of this situation was himself. And he decided that the next morning he was going to a guy that he knew was involved in the local gangs and he was going to go to him and say, I will do whatever it is you want me to do. It doesn't matter what it is. I will clean your shoes or I will go and shoot someone. Whatever it is you want me to do, I will do it. Just help me. And he said he went to this guy's house and he knocked on the door and your man came out. And he said this guy looked him up and down. And he said that the first words that came out of his mouth was one question. He said to him, when was the last time you had something to eat? And in that one sentence, this man had this kid's loyalty for the rest of his life. It's easy for us to write these guys off as scumbags, and they are. And it's easy for us to write these guys off as thugs, and they are. But there's much, much, much more going on in the phenomenon of gangs than just thugs dealing drugs. These kids are looking for something to belong to. They're looking for something that is going to give them status. They're looking for something that is going to save them from the situation that they're in. After your man brought this kid in and fed him and gave him kind of a, some menial jobs to do in the gang, the next thing that they did a couple of days later was run this guy's father out of the area because this guy's father was beating him on a regular basis and abusing him. So what did they do? They, they fed him, they gave him status, and they protected him from what was the thing that he was the most afraid of. Now, of course, this kid ended up getting involved in all sorts of other violent and frightening stuff that he needed help to extricate himself out of in other ways. But on the face of it, what the immediate help and, 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 and care and support that he needed came from these guys. And of course, they then drew him into the, the other aspects of criminality. But it, it, it's so complicated. And all of the stuff that you talked about at the top of the program, Jerry, all of that 
is part of this. This this sense of hopelessness. Um, I did some work with um, the monks of Moiras down in Limerick. This is the Franciscan order that work in the estates down there. And I remember talking to um, Brother Sylvester, who was um, very active down there when I was when I was visiting. And you know they've worked with gangs in America. They've worked with gangs in Mexico. And I remember saying to him, you know, look, what are you seeing here? You know, we look at this and we we see this as being so awful. You know, how does it measure up? And he said something to me which really struck me. He said, we have seen greater material poverty in other parts of the world, he said, but the psychological and emotional poverty that we've encountered in these kids in Ireland is the worst that we've seen anywhere. And it is, again, it's that sense of there is nothing for us. There's no way out of this. This is the only avenue that is available to us to achieve the goals and the ends that we need. And that's what we're dealing with, Jerry. I have to say, I've been just hanging on every word you said there, and it just crystallises the problem. And sadly, you mentioned like home circumstances can be difficult, and that's horrendous when a child, like the example you mentioned, finds yeah. finds themselves in that situation. But here's the thing: I, I mentioned here on the show yesterday that anybody delving in recreational drugs or you know parties at the weekend, they have blood on oh, their yeah. hands. You know that people who do that. Absolutely, but, but, that is the next point that I was yes. going to come to. Um, there, there's levels of, in all of this. I said it's incredibly complex. These gangs would not have the foothold that they've got in our communities if it wasn't for the popularity of drugs. Like, as I mean, we've seen a lot of mention of cocaine, but I mean, I, I, I teach students and, and I work with young people on a regular basis. Ecstasy is everywhere now as well. And the same shipments that are going to bring your cocaine into the country are going to bring your ecstasy into the country as well. You know, I work with kids and their first encounter with, with drugs of any kind. When, when you and me were young, Jerry, it would be a, an illicit pint mm. in, in some pub that didn't mind serving underage drinks. For a lot of these kids, the first drug that they're encountering is going to be something like ecstasy or MDMA or cocaine that's shared around at a house party that they go to. That's the world that we live in now. And a lot of people will tell you, I'm a law-abiding citizen. Okay, I do a couple of lines of coke at the weekend, you know, when I'm out and about, but you're like, that's okay. Who's that hurting? What they're not seeing is the chain of, of, of broken lives, you know, not just in Ireland, but in other parts of the world as well where this poison comes from. And, and you know, it's not a victimless crime. And, and, and that's something that we, there needs to be a complete change in our mindset as to how we think about these things. Because as you said very eloquently there, Jerry, that, you know, you do a, a couple of lines of cocaine at the weekend, you had a part to play in what happened to, to, to Keane. You know, that's the reality mm. that we're dealing with. And people need to understand that. Just back to what you said a few moments ago, because I had a light bulb moment as you were speaking there. And I see now that lack of political will and investment in communities. And, you know, the Irish politics where the, 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 the loudest shouting TD and the most vocal are the one who's in a position after an election to hold power pulls to his or her area at the expense of so many other places. That's totally wrong. I mean, the kids that I was telling you about there, as I said, Mikey is what I called him. I mean, the area that he was working had a ver- that he was living in, I beg your pardon, had a very active community centre of mostly voluntary youth workers who were doing their best to try and provide something for these kids. And uh, I mean, we, you and I have talked about this before on the show, Jerry. I mean, community responses are vital. You need to have, as you said, your sports teams. You need to have 
really, really strong early year services to get these kids when they're very, very young. Because if you can show them that there are other ways to be, other versions of masculinity, other ways of achieving your goals without this. Because in some areas, Jerry, the gang is seen as being just a normal rite of initiation for young people. It's just part and parcel of what their lives are. They don't even question that they're going to be involved in it. It just is. And we need to change that. That has to alter. And education. They do, yeah, educate, and they don't see Shane. Just, just I wanted to just interject, and I'll let you go on here. The the danger, like, the, like, the, like, look, look what's happening these days in Ireland. There's two more people shot uh, in the last hour or so in Dublin. We just hear. Do they not see that their lives can be on the line and that they're expendable to these people? I, I, I asked Mikey about that the very first time that I met him because I was interviewing him for an article that I was doing. He contacted me wanting to tell his story. Would you believe? Because I had previously written a string of articles saying about how lethal the gangs could be to these young people. And he wanted me to write a piece about how the gang had saved his life. That's what he wanted me to write about. Um, and I remember asking him, look, the, the likelihood of meeting a violent end, which is going to either cause you to be dead or cause you to be disabled or so injured that that your life is going to be altered irrevocably. And his thing was, well, look, that's the gamble that we are prepared to take. You work hard, you live fast, and if that means that you die young, so be it. That's the trade-off. He said, I would prefer to have the respect and the notoriety of my peers and of the people living around here. Because he said to me, before I got involved in the gang, I was invisible. People didn't even see me. Uh, I mean, social services had been involved with them because of the domestic violence. Some of his teachers had tried to get them involved. But sure, you know, he slipped through the cracks there. The school wasn't able to give him what he needed. I mean, he said that he virtually stopped showing up to secondary school. And he said to me, nobody came looking for me. That's how little they cared. Nobody came looking. Um, The gang gave him visibility. It gave him notoriety and it gave him status. And, you know, he felt that that was really, really valuable. That suddenly here were people who did seem to give a shit. I beg your pardon. But if that means, you know, that, okay, so he's a commodity. He's a worker. Uh, I mean, the gangs, if you look at them universally, they're the same. They're a core group of much, much older guys, often in their late 30s or even early 40s, who are running the business end of it. But most of the legwork is done by these very, very young kids like Keane's age, you know, and sometimes younger. I mean, when I was dealing with Mikey, I encountered another story of a young fella who started dealing drugs at school. Um, working as a courier, literally he would meet people on the way to school when he was about 10 years old. They would give him a parcel which he would put in a school bag and during the break in the school, the the, the, the 11 o'clock break, he'd go out to the railings and pass a package through the railings to some guy who'd be waiting outside who would pass a package back into him which he would deliver then on his way home. He started age 10, so there's kids very, very young mm. getting involved in this as well. Yes, yes, down, I've seen it, uh, down to 10 years of age. Listen, Shane, I have to leave it there for the day, but can All I right, come Jerry. back to you, Shane, please? You know, the book is on the horizon in February. We'll talk again, if that's Absolutely. okay. Absolutely, I'd look forward to that, Jerry. Yeah. Shane, Thank you're you a star. Much. Thank you so much Not indeed. Thank Thanks you. indeed. Bye-bye. 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 Shane Dunphy there. What a wonderful, wonderful guy. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, Friday afternoon. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.